2: lincoln radio studio at the george washington broadcast center jack armstrong and joe getty the armstrong and getty show if i stayed at home and just took it easy the persecution of donald trump would stop immediately but that's not what i will do have to save our country so the ongoing
0: battling rallies and speeches between Trump and Pence happened in Arizona over the weekend, happened in Washington, D.C. yesterday. It would seem, I guess, that Vice President Pence is serious about running for president against Donald Trump, do you think? You
3: taking it that way? He He's definitely in exploratory mode. He's, he's got, testing the waters. He's got a book coming out in November, right after the election. That is classic I'm running
0: for president stuff. Sure, laying the groundwork. Absolutely. Well, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if he feels like he can get the, is the, Trump, the, the Trumpiest of
3: people who,
0: who, who fully believe the election was stolen and Pence did the wrong
3: thing. They're not going to vote for him, right? No, no. I think Pence is not only laying the groundwork for a possible presidential run. I think he's an actual man of conviction and belief. And I suspect very strongly that he thinks Trump. Not Trumpian policies, but Trump himself is dangerous to conservatism. And so he is part of that uh, cabal of conservatives who's trying to gently edge Trump out of the conversation.
0: Well, move on from that, because the 2024 20, election probably gets way more conversation than it needs for as far off as it is. But Amen. He, he just has never struck me as in in this performative era. If he were running in 1984, I could see... Uh, Pence, but the, the the stilted speech monotone that that's that's a bygone era, man. I just I, I just agree completely. Just yeah. don't see that working now. Um, Mike Pence's former chief of staff is making the rounds, fitting in with the whole I'm running for president thing and doing interviews, but he told ABC News this morning there would have been a massacre in the Capitol if the mob had gotten to the vice president. So he believes they would have killed his boss if they were, or, or or hurt him badly. I, I believe that too. Um, So I'm leading up to something here that I think uh, you might find interesting. I certainly find it interesting. We've talked about this a lot. There was a process of getting to January 6th with both parties playing way too casually with the idea of elections are rigged. Elections are being rigged and getting people whipped up. And the Democrats did it big. And that's the point of this piece in the Washington Examiner today by Byron York. What Benny Thompson did in January of 2005. Benny Thompson is the guy running the January 6th committee. Talking about the 2004 presidential election, which was close. George W. Bush won re-election with 286 electoral votes beating John Kerry. And it was a close election. It came down to Ohio, if you don't remember that. They're counting late into the night. And if Bush won Ohio, he gets a second term. Kerry wins Ohio. He's the next president. I, don't, I didn't remember that it was that close and we were counting into the night. But that's the way it worked. Exit polls had showed Kerry with a solid lead in Ohio. Many Democrats and in the press assumed that he would win. Would that
2: it were. Would that it were.
0: In the evening, Kerry's top advisor told him, May I be the first to say, Mr. President? to John Kerry as they were counting because his internal numbers showed that they they were going to win Ohio.
3: Excellent ass kicking, uh, kissing
0: too, butt kicking, (laughs) kissing. But Kerry's lead, if it ever did actually exist, did not last. And as the count continued, Bush took the lead and won Ohio by about 51% to 49%. He prevailed by about 100,000 votes. Then something odd happened, Byron New York writes. Democratic activists claimed that Bush had cheated. First, they accused the Republicans of suppressing the vote. Then they blamed the GOP for long lines. Then some of the more crazies joined in with all kinds of discussion amplified on the Internet about machine maker Diebold and the alleged security flaws in the machines that made them susceptible to hacking and all these different things. Oh, boy. Does any of this sound familiar? Going back to 2004. Then some Democrats in Congress joined the speculation. The leader among them was the late Representative John Conyers, who started an investigation of the allegations less than one month after the election. Democrats were in the minority at the House at the time, so he had limited investigative authority. but. A lead Democrat started an investigation into the voting machines, really with no evidence of wrongdoing, but because it, got, it whipped up his people about the 2004 election. Any of this sounding familiar to anyone? Uh, Conyers held a forum on the Ohio situation, filed or filled rather with sus, uh, suspicion and speculation about the election. Maybe the CEO of Diebold, who was a Bush supporter, manipulated the machines to throw the election for the president. Blah, 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 blah. Um, all kinds of different... Stuff, but that to a but there was nothing to it, and they looked into it, and nobody ever came up with any uh, actual evidence. And you know, again, does that sound familiar at all? Um, in the house, though. Um, they continued the investigation and looking into various things, and that's where Representative Bertie Thompson comes in, the guy who's currently chairing as a Democrat the January 6th Committee. At the time, Thompson was beginning his seventh term in the House. Geez, way back then he was in his Wow, wait third. a minute. <laughs> and had become the ranking member of the Homeland Security Committee. He was becoming an influential member of the House, although not as influential as uh, as um, uh, Clyburn and some others that they mentioned earlier in this article. Uh, Thompson could have joined the 88 Democrats who voted to recognize the vote in Ohio or even the 80 Democrats who did not vote, but he did not. Thompson joined the protest that would have overturned a presidential election had it succeeded. He led a protest to not certify the vote out of Ohio based on freaking nothing. Thompson is now chairman of the House January 6th Committee. He's now investigating Trump supporters who, in the aftermath of the 2020 election, acted on the base of Internet rumors, wild theorizing, and Republican policy grievances about the conduct of the elections with nothing to uh, back it up. But Bernie Thompson was uh, the lead guy among the Democrats who refused to certify the vote for Ohio back in 2004. I mean, that, that just you, if you don't think that played a role in leading to then hillary saying what she said and trump saying what he said and then a riot at the capitol that's not what that's just watching that's just looking at a trend line that's just playing fast and fast and loose with our democracy and our institutions and 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 using populism populism as a as a weapon to try to get people to vote for you or 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 donate to you and it's dangerous and you saw what it led to
3: right Right. You know, we've talked before about the idea of faithless electors or electors who don't vote for the person their voters told them to, and Hillary actually tried to do that and the rest of it. Yeah, just this whole illegitimate president. It's just the whole thing. Right. Every time. And it grows,
0: as you saw, time by time. It got bigger and more people bought into it. Stacey Abrams, that whole thing. And, of course, I hate to even throw this in. I'm thinking of a few pundits that would... You know, critique what I just said. This is not in any way, even in the tiniest bit, to excuse Donald Trump allowing a mob to ransack the Capitol and try to, to stop democracy. In any right. way, just showing that we we can't allow this sort of thing. We can't pay, play these games around all our institutions. It's going to lead to really, really bad things. It, well, it has led to really bad things. It could lead to worse things.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm just afraid that our political class no longer fears being called out for selling the country uh, down the drain for their own profit. Because everybody's so whipped up, they don't recognize it anymore. Ron DeSantis wins a close
0: election against whoever for the presidency in 2004. And you've got the media on the side of the crowd that's claiming it was stolen.
3: It's going to get crazy ugly. I can't believe we're discussing 2024 on any level, but some of the idiotically early poll numbers that show Pete Buttigieg more popular than Joe Biden in New Hampshire, for instance, at like 17% to 16% have Kamala Harris at 6%. I mean, it's just sad. Wow. I am that little girl. (laughs) I hadn't seen that. Oh, it's terrible. Terrible. I mean, losing to your own Secretary of Transportation, whatever that is, Food is humiliating. Humiliating enough, but the air apparent, be- and she's behind Liz Warren and Bernie Sanders and and God knows who else. It's she's like in seventh place.
0: I hadn't even seen that. I did see something on how low Trump was in this new poll um, in New Hampshire, but yeah. We all know what that is. The CNN poll that just came out today, if you didn't hear us talking about that, 75% of Democrats don't want Biden to run for re-election. So there you go. That's enough of Which polls? All of them. Okay. Okay. We have laid the groundwork for the spicy times. The spicy times are here.
3: Oh, goodness, goodness, goodness. Note to self, get panic room. Are those still in vogue? Are they still hot? You don't hear people talking about a panic
0: room. Maybe you can get a good price in a panic room right now, then, since they are hot. Because I think you're going
3: to need one. The spicy times are here. Yeah, but the construction boom, too expensive. Whether you want a kitchen remodel or a panic room, just so high-priced. Uh, maybe I'll wait a while and try not to panic. Uh, coming up, a tsunami of wokeness. Oh, it's all around us. Get, get Grab yourself a life jacket and get ready.
2: Armstrong and Getty.
0: family lost 16 billion dollars yesterday yesterday in one day wow that's the family that owns a walmart and uh, they are worth about 285 billion dollars which reminds me that if it was still in the hands of one guy he would be richer than elon musk and would be the world's richest man if he held on to
3: all of the walmart yeah yeah that's something i'm I'm thinking i might not wait till five to have a cocktail i lose that much money in a day rough day how was your day jim Tough. Well, it's tough for all of us, Jack. (laughs) Excuse me. Got the COVID. Uh, Actually, I'm over it. I'm just in that. I sound sick, but I feel great. Phase of things. Oh, cool. It's like a cold. Work it. Work it. I feel sharp as a tack. Absolutely. My brain is clicking on all three cylinders.
1: (laughs) Anyway.
3: uh, It's a tsunami of wokeness everywhere, Jack.
2: You know what woke means? It means you're a loser.
1: There's a tsunami of wokeness turns to there's a tsunami of wokeness
3: (laughs) you know my challenge in executing the tsunami of wokeness feature is that the content is as good as the intro there you go because the intro is very very good right you did not hear this anywhere else but here The Senate Armed Services Committee submitted its 2023 National Defense Authorization Act to the DOD last month, which included a recommendation that it halt its program countering extremism in the ranks. Now, the report accompanying the bill was approved by narrow margins, but it was approved in the Democrat-controlled committee, That said, look, the vast majority of service members serve with honor and distinction and that the narrative surrounding systemic extremism in the military besmirches the men and women in uniform. In other words, the whole boogity, boogity, boogity extremists, boogity, boogity white supremacists in the military thing is so wildly overrated. Would you people stop? That's from the Senate Armed Services Committee. But again, that was repeated nowhere, though you heard the story about all the extremists in the military 5,000 times.
0: We've had two black secretaries of defense in the last, what, 15 years? And um, you'd know, I thought they'd have made a really big deal out of that if they had a sense that there was white supremacy run amok in the military.
3: Yeah, you would think that. Moving along to Buenos Aires, beautiful Brazil. Turns out... The wackadoodle. Uh, there's no such thing as a man and a woman thing. The Latinx thing is actually taking hold in the in Latin America as well as France. But France is a special case because it's France. But anyway, there's a big fight going on right now in uh, Latin America because there are activists trying to change the Spanish language. From instead of amigos, say uh, for friends, say amigues in place of todos or all, say todexes, believe it or not.
0: So ancient gendered languages.
3: Yes. Are being changed. Yes. Interesting. The languages in which many words are categorized as either masculine or feminine. And I've had linguists explain it to me, and I've read, it, read this. It's so unfortunate that somebody way back in the day assigned it those names, masculine and feminine. Because in most cases, the words have nothing to do with that. It's just the way the language developed. It's too complicated to explain, and I barely understand it anyway.
0: But it does require a recognizing gender, though,
3: right? Oh, yes, although like in German, there are uh, so-called masculine words and feminine words that have nothing to do with penis, vagina, or or manly and tough, or feminine, or anything. They're just It's, a, it's an arbitrary distinction, hmm. and you have to memorize which one is which that sounds when fun. you learn the language. Oh, no, it's a total waste of time. <laughs> I emerged from it just despising the very concept of it, but these wackadoodles are at work around the globe. Here's an essay as we continue. It's a tsunami of wokeness, for goodness sake, There's anyway. a tsunami of wokeness. That's right, Sam Harris. Thank you. Uh, preferred pronouns and more. What I saw at the Teachers' Union Convention. By a woman by the name of Brenda attended the National Education Association convention last week. She says my worst fears were confirmed. Public schools are no longer a safe space or safe place for families who hold traditional values or families who believe that there is such a thing as man and woman and it's biologically determined. It's also evident that the teachers' union is a lobbying arm of the Democratic Party. Goes into preferred pronouns being given. Pronouns I heard were he, the, <clears throat> she, they, hex. One delegate even announced they had a uterus before addressing the assembly, apparently because that was something we all needed to know. Um, Excuse me, I have a uterus, and now I would like to talk to you about grading systems. (laughs) Can you imagine? How crazy are these people? In the teachers' union preamble, it says, quote, NEA is to be a national voice for education managed by and for the public good to advance the cause for all individuals. However, as I read the 70 new business items and 40 amendments of bylaws, legislations, resolutions, listened to platform speeches, it was obvious that the NEA only represents those who hold the same ideologies and radical leftist political views. From what I observed, the NEA's goal is for public education to be a training ground for political activism, while demonizing anyone, including students and their families, who do not share those same political and sociological beliefs. And she goes into a few details, broad brushing or examples, broad brushing police is biased and corrupt, mocking the Second Amendment as a societal harm, fighting per, for preferential, preferential treatment for any and all groups considered marginalized, especially nonconforming genders, et cetera, f, uh, increasing abortion rights, adding seats to the Supreme Court, advocating for more queer representation on school boards. This was all what the NEA was fighting for the National Education Association. Mm. Speaking of which, final story, the Education uh, Department in Oregon's anti-bias training uh, is accusing white people of having thorough racist conditioning that started as babies, and they need to be reconditioned. We can give you more details coming up. We're out of time for the Tsunami of Wokeness.
1: There's a Tsunami of Wokeness also have for you
0: what i believe may be the last gasp of mandates around covid it might finally be the end if you miss an hour of the show get the podcast armstrong and giddy on demand armstrong
2: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: I was
4: tired of my lady.
1: Been As he continues to recover from
3: COVID, President Biden told reporters he's sleeping so well that his dog had to wake him up yesterday morning. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and reporters responded with a very nervous laugh. <laughs> "You know that dog was kind of freaking out, like, Joe, Joe, Joe. <laughs> You tell Biden was tired because he tapped the dog's head and told him to come back nine minutes later. So that was kind of a suggesting the dog thought his master
3: was dead. Is that what that joke was? <laughs> I believe he was edging in that direction, yes. By the way, the idea of your dog with a snooze alarm amuses the hell out of me. <sighs> we're playing
0: all yacht rock songs today for some reason. That was the famous pina colada. He was tired of his lady. They'd been together too long like Hmm. a worn-out recording of his favorite song, which is just a terrible place to be in a relationship. Turns out they still like the same things, and they meet in the end, and it's just its a fantastic
3: You were going to cheat on me?
0: I was going to cheat on you! That's (laughs) awesome!
3: Fabulous. (laughs) So you're not going to call me on this? I'm not going to call you on this? We're just going to rekindle our love? Perfect.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Confused me even as a child. Wouldn't you... I mean, I mean,
3: I realize the hypocrisy problem, but <laughs> you're going to the bar to get what? Can we at least recognize we have some serious issues here? <laughs> but I guess that's the first ninety yeah, percent of the song. Sure, exactly. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we could we could go off, uh, maybe on a podcast someday. Just go through the song <laughs> list of the yacht rock playlist and just talk about all the songs and the lyrics and the kind of flaccid rock of that era. Although some of it's quite good. I mean, it's sure. catchy oh, yeah. as hell. It's yeah. upbeat. It's fun. That's why it's yaw. rock.
0: Well, yeah, I'm not turning it off. It comes on the radio.
3: Right. Um, Mega
0: Millions jackpot. Nobody won. I don't know how many states are involved in that. I don't play the lottery. and I don't, Powerball. I only know about this because I hear about it on the news. But it's now over a billion dollars, which makes it one of the biggest prizes of all time. And uh, I mentioned earlier that a store near me that sold a winning ticket like three years ago had a line out the door. You had to wait for like a half an hour to buy your ticket because that store once sold the winning ticket. Ugh. Morons were lined up outside of the convenience store thinking that somehow gave them some sort of leg up on their n- insignificant chance to win in the first place.
3: Yo, that is really uncharitable and 100% accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm willing to give you buying the lottery ticket, all right? What the sure, hell?
0: it's a dollar or two dollars or whatever it costs. Um, why not? You're already there, and uh, you know it only gives you slightly more chance than me who didn't buy a ticket. But um, I literally cannot win. You literally can win if you have a ticket. So I'm willing to. But the going to go into a specific store because it once sold the winning ticket that puts you in the moron
3: category. That puts you into
0: voodoo. That, that's that's chucking children into volcanoes territory. I mean, that's just crazy stuff.
3: Wow, I see your point. It's irrational.
0: (laughs) Exactly. It's irrational. This is highly rational. And the fact that these people are getting to this conclusion later than us, you know, I wish you'd like at least acknowledge the fact that some of us made our decision at a slightly different time. Doesn't make us bad people. That is the Beverly Hills City Council voted unanimously to not enforce the county mask mandate. So L.A. County is bringing back the mask mandate probably because of the numbers. It hits on the twenty ninth of the month, mm-hmm. and they win two days. So Beverly Hills preemptively voted and said, "Yeah, even if it does, we're not we're not enforcing the mask mandate."
3: Well, that's and- because Beverly Hills is scrappy and working class. It doesn't have a bunch of you know college. Ed- oh, wait a minute, what? <laughs>
0: Let me read some of the quotes here. Beverly Hills rejects mandatory masking enforcement. And Beverly Hills wasn't the only one to make such an announcement on Monday, as other lawmakers have come forward opposing the return of the mandate. The most prominent besides the city was L.A. County Supervisor Catherine Barger, who not only brought into doubt the effectiveness of masking, but also noted that um, recent mandates have ended very quickly. And what's the point? I've not seen any empirical data that conclusively shows that masking mandates made a difference in decreasing or stopping COVID transmission rates. Again, I get to the, okay, so you've come to that conclusion now. How about those of us who came to that conclusion like six months ago, but were called bad people for saying the same thing?
3: For actually following the science. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, COVID deniers.
0: An analysis of Alameda County's June 22 masking mandate, in fact, concluded it had no significant impact on comparison to surrounding counties that did not impose a masking mandate. Yes, we talked about that in making our argument uh, months back for why masking mandates at this point were really, really stupid. So I'm happy to see that. I, I mean, this is good news, and I think this might be the last gasp of mandates, don't you think? When 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 people like this in the bluest, most particular of areas are saying no, they don't do any good. And so, what are we doing?
3: You know, you know, I would like to believe you are correct, but in a world where people line up for half an hour to buy a lottery ticket from a convenience store because they once sold a big winning ticket. Uh, no, I think the next thin, threadbare excuse for imposing new mandates upon us will be greeted with hosannas by most of the sheeple of America. And I, forgive me if that sounds cynical or, or negative, but I'm cynical and negative. Uh, I just, (laughs) that's what causes it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, 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 uh, I'm afraid the one thing we have truly learned is that people will accept restrictions on their liberty without, and this is the key, I'm not some sort of knee-jerk, half-inch-deep bellowing-about-liberty type. I understand that there are limitations on liberty and there are reasonable rules and regulations and laws, but the calculation that wasn't made, and longtime listeners have heard this screed before, I promise you I will keep it short. The calculation that was never made is, we're going to do X, or we're thinking of doing X, But at what cost? Let's analyze the costs and benefits. And let's be honest and complete in analyzing the costs of keeping children home from school, of masking all the little kids, of closing down restaurants to, quote, unquote, stop the spread, as opposed to telling, you know, the ingenious and, uh, um, you know, creative American business person, hey, you need to protect your customers. Ventilation's a key. Do it. Figure it out what costs have we imposed? The mental illness, the drug addiction, all of it. People who are pro-restriction never want to honestly reckon the costs. And and I hope a few people in the mover and shaker class have come along uh, or come around to that way of thinking that we have to reckon the costs. but I'm afraid it may not be enough. I so, hope I'm wrong.
0: So one more COVID thing, and this is not surprising, and then we've got some trump doing his stand-up routine which i hadn't heard in a while oh boy Uh, but before we get to that um, parents of kids under five have few plans
3: to get covid shots for their little kids boy speaking to stories we've been saying for weeks and weeks and weeks uh nobody wants this (laughs) so you'd
0: have the breaking story on abc news or whatever good news for parents The, uh, the fda is about to approve the shots and every time i hear that i would think yeah, but most people don't want it. So you can call it good news if you want, but most people don't care. Well, it turns out to be true. Most parents of young children do not plan to get them vaccinated against COVID-19, according to a new poll. Um, and I thought this was a good number. 70% of parents said they've not even talked to their pediatrician or other healthcare
3: provider about the vaccine.
0: Haven't even wow. looked into it because I'm not going to do it.
3: 70%. Wow. And, you know, it's, it's, it's an isolated example, but it's kind of symbolic. Margaret Brennan on on, uh, Face the Nation. Meet the Press? Face the Nation. Face the Nation, yeah. Uh, Every week. Every week. Because she's got a little kid. Had a COVID expert on there, and every week would ask the expert, when can my small child get vaccinated? Why is it taking so long? Parents are waiting. They're not, Margaret.
0: Nervous parents are wondering how soon. No, they aren't. A few are, like you, but the vast majority aren't. thinking about it at all. They haven't even asked their doctor. Yeah, should I do that? No, they aren't even asking. They've already made their decision. They're not anyway. That's enough of that. Uh, Trump, yet another rally. So I don't know if if you didn't have all the other stuff going on around Trump, um, (laughs) you would assume he was running for president, right? I mean, he's doing rallies. He's he's showing up a lot of places. Um, But anyway, he had a rally in Washington D.C. First time he'd been back in D.C. since the January uh, sixth kerfuffle. Uh, Here is him. Well, he was
3: still in office for a while.
0: Oh uh, yeah, since he left the White House, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. First time he'd been back in D.C. since he left office, and
2: here he is doing a little riffing. And I'll tell you what, if I were ever, uh, I'd be the greatest woman's basketball coach in history. Because I don't like LeBron James. I like Michael Jordan much better. But, but I. What? <laughs> but I'd go up to LeBron James. It doesn't matter. I say, LeBron, did you ever have any desire to be a woman? Because what I'd love you to do is star on my team that I'm building up. I will have the greatest team in history. They'll never lose. Nobody will come within 70 points of this team. (laughs) Now, we have to change that, and we have to make it okay to talk about it.
3: Oh, boy. Okay, I think (laughs) I know what his point was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Suggesting that uh, biological men should not be competing with women in sports? Yes. If he talked about because he talked a lot about crime, if
0: he talked about crime and how he's going to crack down on it because people worried about crime, if he if he if he just hammered, remember how great the economy was when I was president? Completely unfair to say that completely different circumstance for most of the president. But fine, if he just hammered those things, he would get elected president of the United States. But he's not going to. He can't. So what are you going to do?
3: Oh, that's right. I was supposed to listen to the trans weightlifter bit that he did because I guess it's substantially visual.
0: Is can we should we play it without the without knowing the visual Hanson? Does it have any benefit? The trans weightlifter bit from Donald Trump. Well, let's hear a little of it. See
2: what we think here. Kevin's saying he can lift it. I don't know about that, Kevin, but that's a lot—two hundred and eighteen pounds—and she got over that weight, and she was going to break it. They put a half an ounce here, half little tiny ring on top of these big barbells, dumbbells, and they go, and she went like this, and she got a break. Stood for 11 years. Uh, and her mother and father are screaming, you got it. You got it, darling. I'm so proud of my girl. Uh, 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 ah, yeah. well, She couldn't do it. And then... T- this guy comes along. His <laughs> name Dallas. Wow. And he looks at the weight. <laughs> world record, world record. We could have put another couple of hundred pounds on. I think he would have lifted
3: it. Wow, we could do a whole show on that clip. Number one, how much did it sound like Bill Cosby? Putting aside the recent history, but. Bill Cosby in front of a nightclub audience in 1968.
0: Yeah, it does. And uh, the Business Insider headline was, and I don't know if this is fair or not, but Trump says his political consultants don't want him going after trans athletes. Then he does so during his Washington speech. Of course, Trump is saying that, and he likes to position himself as the, uh, you know, nobody tells me what to do, which is clearly true, by the way. I mean, that's
3: not an act. Nobody does tell Trump what to do boy that's how odd I mean just that that riff that the, the theater of it, the the nightclub comedy right. feel right. of
2: it
0: right. one now we got to take a break. I got one more thing on this. I hate to continue to talk about this. I feel like I'm getting sucked into it somehow, but it's it's definitely worth mentioning. Some news was made yesterday around the whole. Uh, investigation thing. We ought to just hit you with that, then we'll move wow, on. Wow, wow, wow. We'll he move keeps bringing it up, then
1: he keeps objecting <laughs> to it. I work with a crazy person.
2: <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. Started, now, a couple then, of
3: lists I looked at for Yacht Rock had this on. in the top five. How oh, long? Heck yeah. How long? Totally legit. And, oh, another,
0: oh, oh. and another example of just painful, a pain like the most painful situation you've ever been in your life emotionally, but kind of presented in a sing along and sway with your honey. And aren't we in love? Wait a second. This. Wait, is wait about, a second.
3: You, get, you got the wrong title, though. This is not how long. This is. Uh, oh God, How much thing. I feel. Oh, just gotcha. <laughs> you're right.
0: Yeah, yeah, this is Ambrosia. I, You're right. yes. I was thinking of the wrong song. The tune of
3: them. the gods. I sing to this in my car because I'm that kind of weirdo. But you gotta wait because this isn't a modern song. Oh, I thought there was one more verse before the chorus. I was wrong.
0: I listen to Yacht Rock while I drive around in a jacked up Ford truck. That's weird. Um, <laughs> I thought this was important from yesterday. I apologize for getting back into this topic, but I think this is important, and I'll tell you why I think it's important. Merrick Garland, a cur- current attorney general of the United States, being interviewed on NBC News.
2: We pursue justice without fear or favor. We intend to hold everyone, anyone who was criminally responsible for the events surrounding January 6th for any attempt to interfere with the lawful transfer of power from one administration to another accountable.
0: That's Merrick Garland saying they will not take into account who it is or election or anything like that in deciding whether or not to tr- charge Donald Trump or anybody around him. The breaking news from the Washington Post yesterday being Donald Trump is officially under criminal investigation by the Justice Department. I know they've said that sort of thing a thousand times around Russia and, you know, and Trump never went to jail or got indicted or any of the things that they hinted at all those years. I know that. The only reason I bring this up is this. There have been a lot of big political days in the last couple of years. There's breaking news, and Merrick Garland announces that he's charging Donald Trump with an attempt to defraud the U.S. government or something like that. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, is that going to be a day. Holy crap. The other day, uh, Larry Hogan, the governor of Maryland, said he didn't think the country could handle that. I don't know what he meant by that. I mean, would we fall apart? Would we cease to go to work? (laughs) You know. Would we all just pass out and die? But Civil it, war. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what he means by that, but it would be crazy. Because that would take months. That would lead us clear into, like, the full-on heart of a presidential election. Maybe with the candidate of one of the parties involved being investigated <laughs> by the guys running against. Oh, my God.
3: Then the day after Trump wins, he's convicted. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I, I just like I haven't been uh, um, uh, like contemplating it because I just assumed it's so far fetched. The legal analysts that I like say no, you know they they haven't even come close to proving a legal case. Blah 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 blah. But I just contemplated it briefly yesterday. Like, what if he does? What if Merrick Garland, for whatever reasons, does charge Trump with something? That is just going to be a political earthquake in this country. Man, you thought people were fired up before. Yeah,
3: yeah. It's you always think 100. you're in the spicy times till the real spicy times make themselves right. clear. Right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And then make if it a, spicy.
0: If he got elected and didn't get convicted before January 20th of 25, could he then pardon himself immediately and he stays in <laughs> All office?
3: Right. All right. This is too Too much. Too much. <laughs> Somebody restrain him. Turn off his microphone. I wanted to get to this before we uh, take a break. This is a word to the wise. Washington Post points out, you may have recently noticed that many of your casual work conversations, which previously occurred in the hallway at the water cooler, the coffee machine, they've moved to digital apps in your evolving working environment. But beware. Your messages to your colleagues may not be as private as you think. A lot of folks going with the Slack, Microsoft Teams, Google Chat to get the work done, collaborate, even bond with colleagues. Sometimes that means casual conversations about weekend shenanigans, workplace gripes, or personal happenings. You or you, personal you, relationships.
0: If it doesn't include that, you've got an unhealthy workplace. If people aren't talking in the halls and they aren't talking about that sort of stuff, you know, online, you got an unhealthy workplace. Don't you think you have to have that communication?
3: Wow, I think that's a really interesting point. And in a lot of situations, no, people are not doing that anymore. But keep in mind that uh, anything that happens digitally uh, creates a digital record of all communications. And they say workers, would be wise to keep in mind which platforms and devices may or may not provide privacy and which ones your employer can read every damn word of. So they mention uh, privacy, privacy experts say there are two things you should think about when you send a message to a colleague. First, is the service you're using provided by your employer? Second, is the device you're using provided by the employer? See secret service. If the answer to either one of those questions is yes, be aware there's a chance your employer could see or retrieve your messages. There's a little more detail to this, and if you're tech savvy, it makes sense to you. But uh, if you're not, duh, if you're on the work network or a work device, yeah, they can probably read your discussion of you getting laid last night.
0: We talked about a lot of interesting stuff earlier in the show. If you missed any of that, grab the podcast any hour you want. Armstrong and Getty on demand.